When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come on! Go! Hey guys, welcome to The Tapping Go. My name is Matt. My name is Freddie. Each week we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals. And we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Hey guys, welcome back. I know it's been a while, but we're back with another episode to finally finish off this series. Believe me, I know it's taken some time, but it'll be worth it. Today we have one for the future, one for you guys to keep an eye out for. We're joined by Exeter University's first team centre and also Exeter Chiefs Academy player, Charlie McKaig. Charlie started university this year and has made quite an impact on the Bucks Leagues this year. For anyone who knows enough about the university rugby programme, this is quite something for someone of his age to do. So we hope that you all enjoy the next 20 minutes or so. Charlie, buddy, how are you? Yeah, um... Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, no worries at all, buddy. Um, so basically, what we just start off with so people who don't know you, obviously, as I mentioned, you're up and coming. Um, talk to me about through your journey, where you're at the moment, where you went to school and stuff, sort of your rugby career today. Yeah, sure. No, um, well, I started when I was probably about five or six. Um, and before all then, I wanted to be a footballer and then I remember dad kind of nudging me down the um he kind of took me down to the rugby club one day on a Sunday down in um in Sidmouth, a small uh, seaside town in Devon, and kind of just picked it up from there. And to be fair, from like the first kind of session there, I absolutely just loved it. Um played sorry, yeah, so played with Sidmouth for like my whole junior life, um up until schoolboy, um, where I went to school called Parrot Hill in Somerset. And then later on to a school called Sherburn in Dorset. Um, and then it was probably about 15s, 14s, where um, I started with the Chiefs and doing all the kind of DPP stuff, um, leading on to academy, EPDG kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, all the way through Sherburn, playing 18s with Chiefs, and then obviously the COVID period and here I am at Exeter, kind of um, getting stuck in in my first year here. How, how was the transition to playing in Sherbourne? Because obviously it's uh, it's known as a big rugby school. And... From from um from junior school, yeah, yeah, to uni. 
on yeah. a, like how how was your experience at playing at sorry Sherbin? Oh mate, I I actually absolutely loved it. It's um playing playing there uh, alongside playing with Exeter was kind of it was kind of fascinating to kind of do because with a lot of the boys um a lot of the boys at the academy play through the college system so like Exeter College Truro College and it actually tends to be not that many boys who go through kind of school and um especially with chiefs they like to kind of have most of the boys in a couple colleges um and i just found the schoolboy rugby just so kind of like it kind of allowed you to kind of um express yourself not not like worry at all about making mistakes and and kind of like it was all about finding space on the field and less about kind of the um the structure which obviously is, is massively important um as you kind of progress to older but the kind of fundamentals i think and like the enjoyment for rugby i really got at school obviously you're extra now i'm just interested was it always gonna be extra because it's local or was it did you sort of did when you're in the academy sort of did you get pushed this way so that you stayed local was it was that sort of a link from the academy to go to the university and sort of stay right around yeah well to be fair, in the last few years, I think the the link between Exeter Uni and the Chiefs has like has really grown. It's um it's got a lot stronger. There's quite a few like alum, alumni playing with the Chiefs now. Um, that maybe like five ten years ago wasn't as kind of prevalent. Um, but for me, I Exeter was always a strong option. I had other kind of other ideas. Um, obviously, kind of my course did kind of. You know, it comes into it a bit, but it actually turned out extra. Like the the course for me was really good, and um, it kind of yeah, and it just worked in the end with the way things were going with Chiefs and stuff like that. So, and how, how you, sorry about there you go. How how so I'm interested about that relationship between the the Chiefs and the university. How does that work in sort of a like a week to week basis? Like, do you spend time training with the Chiefs at all or? Yeah, that's a really good question. No, so we, um, I think the way Chiefs do it with with, with a player like me um, and with a couple of other lads in the same kind of boat as me is they get me in when they can. Um, but my week is kind of, the majority of it's based around uh, the Bucks kind of rugby and stuff. So I'll, I'll train, you know, like up until the Wednesday kind of exclusively in uni because um, we play all our matches on Wednesdays. And then Thursday, we'll kind of, you know, have off like down day. And then Friday and so, I mean, sometimes depending on Saturdays, like we'll get in with the club and get the kind of um, playing with the non-23 lads and actually getting stuck in there. Um, other than that, it's only just kind of, I'll get in for rehab, I'll get in for stuff to see physio and stuff. Um, but it's kind of, it's a good balance really. I mean, and it's not too far away as well living in the city. How have you found your first university in general sort of away from the rugby? Have you like still managed to find like that balance? Yeah, yeah, mate, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm finding the balance, that's for sure. I think like with regards to the work and kind of keeping up there, I've always like, I've always tried to be pretty diligent with it. And I think at school I was, I was actually quite good at balancing it. And, and now I think when you're at uni and like, if I'm speaking honestly, like there aren't people telling you you need to do the work. It's all kind of down to you. And I found like 
you know, it's a bit more, it's a bit more tricky to be fair, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going along fairly well. I'm getting the work done. Obviously, as in extra particular, but in lots of universities, sort of the preconception, the stigma that if you're playing rugby, rugby is quite a laddish culture, sort of you do rugby. Have you found that? Or have you still found there's been times to do stuff away from rugby and away from your work? Whether it be another sport? Or yeah, I do, I do know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. And the rugby club, like, I can't lie, has been like a massive part of my life, like socially as well as, I mean, because we started pre-season about eight weeks before uni started and kind of it, it would kind of go without saying like a lot of the boys you meet there have actually like ended up being um like good mates of mine but then like, having said that like some of my best mates here are actually just like they don't even I mean they, they couldn't care less when I was playing you know or like if I was going to train or anything like we don't, I mean when I talk to them like people in my seminar group and stuff like that like we won't talk about rugby it's quite, it's quite nice, um, refreshing. Can you sort of t- talk us through a little bit then, just because I'm interested, and I'm going to ask Matt in a sec, but your typical rugby week, what is it sort of, what's your sort of routine? Right, so it's um pretty ruthless start. We'll start the 6.30 get up on a Monday with um our new head of S&C, Les, who's um, he's quality and... Yeah, that'll be gym and some form of walk, bike and stuff. Then training Monday night is pretty kind of heavy um, because Tuesday is kind of going into team run, uh, kind of power priming um, before Wednesday, which is game day. So it's kind of, it's very different. It's kind of a typical, you know, train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, play Saturday because we're... um because we play on Wednesdays. And then Thursday, we'll have um, like physio slots, massage slots, and yoga. We do a lot of yoga um, on Thursdays, like as a kind of recovery day. And then Friday, Friday we'll get, um, so the boys that are involved with Chiefs will get in for early swimming, depending on your how much load you've done. So that'll be a, I think it was, I didn't actually have to do it this morning, but it was a 6.30 start for the boys that did that um, down at Limpston Marine Base. And then there'll be uh, kind of anaerobic games, gym. Um, and that's it for Friday. Saturday, training. Um, apart from there is actually a uni league side, which plays on the Saturday. Um, so if you're involved in that, obviously you're week looks completely different but if you're doing the bucks stuff you kind of run on that program and then um sunday off back in on monday yeah that's pretty full on sort of yeah. what was the biggest shock for you doing uh, coming from school at sherbin to that what was sort of like the biggest changes was just the load of it because obviously me and matt yeah. i've seen at school as well and like listening to that compared to what we had to do is pretty yeah no definitely i think the the snc has been huge for for me, I think at Sherburn, we were very kind of, I mean, it was a it was really good rugby culture and everything. And everyone loved the rugby side of things, but the S&C was a lot more kind of optional. Um, so, and like looking after your body and all the kind of nutrition stuff was left up to you. Um, whereas here, it's, it's very kind of hands-on, like um, in the club, 
as 50, 60 boys running around all wearing GPSs on a, on a Monday night, um, being monitored on the meters they run. And it's all, it's all kind of a massive step up in just how, how your body's kind of looked after both with S&C and just managing it. How, how, um, Matt, you go. how, how do you find the, the GPS tracking you? Do you find it, um, is it like an incentive to work harder because you have this subconscious thought that they're sort of, they can see what you're doing or how do you find that? No, I get that. Um, it's, I, I think, yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, with Les, um, <laughs> Les, our SNC, he'll be at the end of the session pulling people out early from like the games if they've done enough load. And then if not, it'll be right, McKay, three laps of the pitch, off you go. Like you'll you'll kind of have to catch up. So there's no there's no real hiding with them. Um so yeah, no, I'd I'd say it is a bit of an incentive. Um, yeah, definitely to kind of get your meters in early. Matt, I'm sort of interested because obviously you're playing top level. Um, Matt, you're obviously playing top level in America now. Having heard what Charlie's weeks will looks like, is it are there similarities between how extra training and how brown are or is there is there a bit of a difference between england and america still there there is a difference rugby in america is like it's definitely growing at the moment it's not anywhere near the sort of level of standard or quality where you'd expect in england or any other sort of top um rugby country but you do see elements as in they've american sort of the american universities they just love sport in that sort of sense they um they're obsessed with college sport. They love football. They love basketball, hockey, like ice hockey, lacrosse, like anything you can think of. They take it so seriously, which is awesome to be around. So it's quite inspiring to be able to sort of, I mean, I'm sure you have this as well, but have friends where they're sort of like aiming to go like that one step further after university and stuff like that. The biggest difference I'd say is the travel. I mean, we, like a lot of the college sports seem to have to fly to get somewhere it's not uncommon to sit on a bus for eight hours, stay in a hotel the night before and then play and then drive back. So that's probably the biggest difference. But no, it's definitely, um, it is different, but it's developing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Just So one thing, do you think, this is probably back to Charlie now. Yeah. Do you think having been involved with Chiefs from such a young age sort of helped your transition from school to uni? Because you sort of had a little bit of that higher standard than what school is already. Yeah, no, completely. And we, I, I was lucky in the fact that they run because Exeter and the uni are quite quite closely linked, and almost had like an advantage coming into the uni, running the same kind of patterns, and knowing kind of like the way that they want to play. It's kind of a similar kind of role, and there's there's crossover in the coaches and stuff. Um, like a, it's a really good link and definitely playing through the academy and stuff kind of allowed me to understand like the way Exeter want to play for sure. So looking forward now, what are your sort of hopes? Obviously you've got the rest of the buck seasons finished. You guys have got, obviously you've got Barcelona in a couple of weeks, but still second, second. Obviously looking forward to the season, I presume it's gone and win it, but longer term, what are your sort of hopes? Yeah, no, well, de- definitely this year um, we're pretty set on, what our ambitions are as um as a university um i say for me personally my my ambitions to kind of to kind of go far with chiefs it's always been my dream like from from when i was young um i've always been kind of a supporter and now kind of getting a chance to kind of go on further so i mean 
as far as that goes, my, my ambition is just to play play for Exeter to um get as much out of that as I can. Um and in the meantime, play as much uni rugby as possible. Um keep myself injury free, keep on the pitch. And um yeah, no, I mean, yeah, see where it takes me, I suppose. I know you've had a couple or at least one injury this season. Have you found that being because obviously you are a fresher and you didn't take a gap here, did you? No, no. You are as, as young as you could be playing Bucks rugby. Have you felt that that's ever been a disadvantage compared to the people who are probably in fourth, if not fifth year, playing super rugby? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest step up from school to uni was definitely just, I mean, it's, it's a step up to men's rugby and almost missing that last year of school rugby, which is pretty gutting. Um, because of COVID, we kind of like I didn't really have that chance to kind of like uh, play another year, like of um, you know like progressional rugby playing with older boys and getting used to it. So when I came, when I turned up at pre-season, having not really well, I'd play, I played a few games this year, um, but when I turned up at pre-season, seeing all the uni boys and some of the like the outrageous like rigs on these lads. Uh, some, especially these uni boys, some of them are just huge. And even in my position as well, like some of the boys are just like, yeah, they're massive and they're, and they're older than me. And yeah, I mean, coming, coming into that, that was the, that was the kind of the bit I was like, right, this is, this is it. This is um the level I've got to get to, to kind of compete. Um, I mean, allow yourself to be big headed here, but did you come in knowing that you were going to be up there mixing it with like, pretty confident you can be involved with the first 15 or was that sort of something that it was a pleasant reward of your hard work when you got there? Not, not at all. Um, when, I, when I kind of talked through with um, Gibbo, our head of, um, head of academy at the beginning of the year and we were kind of setting out goals, I didn't, it was quite a confusing one because having had so much time off because of COVID, I, I, it was quite hard to know where I was at. Um, and coming into pre-season and off the back of like a pretty kind of tough summer, like just um, just trying to get fit and trying to get put on some weight and um, be in good shape. Like coming into the preseason, I genuinely had not a clue um, where I would stand, especially amongst the next to uni side that in the last four years had a lot of success. Um, so yeah, honest, honestly, coming in, I, I had no idea where I'd play, whether it would be fresh ones or... Um, in and around it I, I, I didn't know all I could I mean yeah how how did you sort of deal with um competing against the older guy in terms of like mentality like these people have probably been at the uni for three four years and they've probably like sort of cemented themselves in terms of the club and socially and where they stand how, what was it like coming in as a fresh and sort of doing so well off the start did you have any sort of not grudges but competitiveness from others or I yeah I, I know what you mean like um, there's all there's always kind of a competitive like edge, especially like, as it should, especially in such a yeah uh, yeah, yeah. And, and complete and, and like so there should be. Um, I've actually found. I mean, I think I think quite a lot of the lads here like we deal quite well with leaving it on the pitch. Um, I personally think I I can do that pretty well, and have done. I mean, some of the boys that. Um, we're all fighting for the same shirt, but we're all mates off it. Um, mm. Some boys like going out for injury or, you know, like 
like not getting selected one week I feel like it's um it's actually been really like nice the way it's uh, like been able to deal with it I yeah. think and I guess I had, like, no issues yeah and I guess you just take your opportunity when it comes like if you get five minutes due to someone getting injured or you're starting because of you've trained well you just take what you can get and do the best yeah. you can which is no exactly he's have as a club I'm sure yeah for sure yeah. Definitely. Quite a random one here. I've literally just come up with them on the spot. Try celebrations. Have you ever been a big fan of them? So uh, when we watch some of our, uh, hear me out. When we watch some of our, we sort of do some research behind our guests. And Matt and I were watching one of your, I think it was under 18s against Gloucester. Oh, and we noticed you, you scored, I think you scored a try. There's no new celebration. But when we watched one of your teammates score and it hit a full like rehearsed thing. Have you ever been one for a try celebration? It's sort of like a fist bump, high well, five, keep going. Well, I mean, that is when I actually, score a try which isn't actually that often so I feel like I should say something up um, for when it does happen but, If you score his last you know, group it's Andy Park in two weeks what are you going to do? Mate, surely... I'll, talk, I'll talk to um, I'll to talk to Arthur Relton Surely, surely you should pull, like a, a Balotelli-esque thing pull your shirt up and it says the Tap and Go podcast underneath in your, um, you know what? <laughs> on your chest. You know what? I mean, well, <laughs> if I score a varsity, yeah, you stay here because we'll be holding you to that. If you say yes. Yeah. Outside of rugby, have you been doing anything else? Sort of, what other hobbies do you keep yourself entertained with? I actually, yeah, I um, <laughs> it's been tricky actually since joining uni. I um, I I got I got into a lot of stuff when I was at school. Um, I used to play guitar a bit. Um, I just did art A level, so I used to have a big a big hobby through lockdown. I did a lot of painting, which is um, something not usually associated with um, rugby, but I haven't actually done that in ages. Um, since I mean, to be fair, since I come here, it's been so so busy. Um, there's never like there's never a moment where I've felt like I've got enough time to to do anything like that which is I mean it will happen it will come back but there's always something to do there's always kind of um, training work to do cooking trying meal prep all of that it's um, pretty full on yeah Wednesday night TP does take up a lot of time <laughs> more Thursday <laughs> recovering <laughs> Um, obviously, just we'll move away now. But just get your opinion. Six Nations starts tomorrow. Have you got any big predictions coming up? What, what do you reckon? For me, oh, I know. I've got. I actually reckon. Um, well, I've got a bit of Scottish in my blood, so. Well, I'm, I kind of can't help but support England, but I always want to see Scotland do well, and I think this year they've probably got the best shout shout at doing so. So, um. England to win, Scotland second. Is all I can hope for, really. But go on, list no, of six. No France in the no France in the mix. France will definitely be in the mix. Um, no, I'll, I'll no. Honestly, I'll go. I think England will win. Um, France second, Ireland third, <laughs> Scotland, Wales, and Italy. I reckon. I think that's probably quite a safe bet. I'm not sure I'd be there. Yeah. Any any surprise packages and new players on the blocks who you think are gonna come come into a job? You know, you know who I have been watching 
interesting actually is um he's another centre as well is a fellow who's playing for Ireland at the moment called James Hume. Um, he's playing outside centre at I think Ulster, maybe Munster. I think Ulster. And he he's he's class. Oh, he's good. Um, I think he's coming off the bench tomorrow. But I um I think he's one to watch. Um, I don't think I don't, yeah I don't think people are talking about him yet. I think he's a good player. I mean, it'll be funny when he scores a hat trick tomorrow, and then we release this clip oh. saying that, and then. Oh. Oh, <laughs> that's good. We'll see. He's in my fantasy team anyway. Oh, oh. There's, there's a tip. So obviously, player of the tournament. Obviously, one probably one of the bigger names. Who do you reckon is going to? Is it going to be someone um, who's over and over again, or is it going to be someone new? I reckon. Hmm, I could see it being someone, someone French, maybe Untermac. He's pretty close, tearing up in um he can't really have a bad game actually. It's kind of I don't know how he does it. He, he can't, can't really play badly. Um Untermac, maybe. DuPont is always gonna be in and around it. Um I don't know, maybe it'll be someone a surprise. Who knows? I reckon Freddie Stewart's gonna come come through. Got you reckon? Matt would you class. I don't think you can go very far with DuPont and Tamak. I think the combination they have and sort of, I guess they're playing for club together. It's just pretty formidable, hard to break these days. So I'm going to go yeah. for more, I think DuPont, to be honest. Fair enough. French heavy. What did you think of the England selection? I think a few were surprised by that back row. But yeah. The bench. Yeah. I didn't really like wingers that much, it seems. Um, <laughs> If we do, we play them at centre and play centres at wing. That seems to be the yeah. thing. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, well, it's a pretty strong... I mean, it's a pretty strong lineup. no matter what he picks. This, the squad he had was... Um, I mean, it's quite a good load of players to work with. Um, I do like... I, I mean, everyone's so excited to see how far Marcus Smith goes, especially, I mean, gutting for him, but like now Farrell's out because of injury. Um, it's just a really good opportunity to see what Marcus Smith's got. Um, obviously, I'm buzzing for Sam Simmons off the um, starting at eight, um, which will be class. I mean, he's so he's un- unbelievable. Like to train with as well. Oh, and just he's yeah, electric. Um, I mean, most most argue he's been hard done by, but you feel like this is his opportunity. He's got to take the Six Nations. Because if he doesn't yeah. call the station, someone's going to be calling for Don Brandt's going to be take over, and Sam Simmons might have missed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they've both had, they've both had their kind of periods in the Premiership where they've just dominated. Like every headline is Simmons or Don Brandt, and it probably is. We're probably at a stage where it's a, a Don Brandt period right now. Um, so some people might think, like, why isn't he starting everything? But I mean. I got to back Sam. I think he'll do well at the weekend for sure. I mean, it's, Sorry, it's interesting because I feel like England hasn't had like a like a dominant number eight since like the Vinipola era, but I think that's almost coming to an end. I'd say, as in, like it's interesting how these two young guys have just come on the block, and then now England mm-hmm. has such a good choice to be able to pick between the two when before they didn't quite have that. Um, they weren't fortunate enough to have that, so it'll. Um, it's always like, yeah, competition's always good, I feel, and they'll they'll push each other, I'm sure. But I personally do agree. I think Don Brandt's the uh I think he's got the pick over Simmons, but that's just me. Yeah. I guess we'll see then. Yeah. Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. 
Well, Charlie, thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, I know you've also got, as you've told us now, you've got an incredibly busy schedule. So we're very happy that we finally managed to get it done. I know you've cancelled it a couple of times. Um, wish you, we wish you the best of luck with the rest of your box season. Hopefully any more Chief stuff that comes your way. But yeah, thanks so much for popping on. We hope that everyone listening to this really enjoyed it. All right, well, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as us. We wanted to also share some more news with all of you as well. It's come to a point where Matt and I are announcing Tap and Go, as it currently appears, we'll, we're going to take a break. It will not be for good, that we promise. With us, however, we both reside on two different continents and our guests are often a third, which has proven extremely difficult for us to regularly be able to record them to the standard and the quality that we hold ourselves accountable to. We're both extremely studied doing our separate degrees and it's been a struggle in the last 18 months to produce at the regularity and with the quality which we had in the first six months. Yeah, guys, it's it's been an unreal journey. It's like super grateful for, from both of us to be able to do like such an experience. We've learned so much about, I guess, rugby, but also we've like connected with so many people and it's been incredibly fun. And um, the past 18 months has definitely been a lot of highs, which is always a good thing to to look back on. And we actually have taken the decision to therefore change it up a little bit. And unfortunately, I think I'm actually going to be stepping back from the tap and go while I complete my studies here in America. But it the tap and go won't completely die, of course. Freddie will keep going. He'll, he'll hold it strong. And I'm sure that he'll, he'll do very well with it. So I look forward to watching the episodes in the future. I mean, this podcast, it's been something which I love doing. I love doing it with Matt from the first it being a hobby in lockdown when COVID-19 hits now it's incredible to think I mean Matt will agree with this what we've achieved together yeah. our very limited experience and knowledge to be at the start we also want to thank all of our guests and all of you our listeners for making it what it is I mean we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think people were wanting to tune in every week it's something we've both definitely learned a lot about both ourselves and about the industry we'll look back at it with a lot of fondness but now we're excited about the future and what it will bring as Matt said, I'll definitely be back at some point. I think it's going to be quite a little break now. And then, I mean, I've got an open invitation to Matt to return whenever he wants. Um, I'm sure, I hope he'll take that up with his open arms. But I'll definitely see you guys soon. Hopefully an exciting stage with the tap and go. But for now, guys, it's goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.